0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've had some good chances um, and good stretches of play. Um, You know, just a couple posts, just, you know, stuff's just not falling. But, you know, I just can't get discouraged. Just got to keep pushing, keep, uh, you know, putting our uh, our work before, uh, you know, everything else. And uh, and just believe and and have faith in each other that uh, we'll break through. And, uh, you know, obviously we're in a tough spot now. But all we can do is focus on this next game. And, you know, obviously it's do or die now. So it starts with one game.
1: We just got to stick to our abilities, and, um, you know, and once you get frustrated, then things don't really go well for you at all. So, um, you know, we're just trying to maintain and do the right things on the ice, and um, we've been doing it through the through the series. We just got to make sure we keep doing that, and um, obviously, you know, just digging game in, um, one game at a time, and just make sure we're, we're trying to do our best we can. Just got to win a hockey game. So, obviously, these three here, we haven't found ourselves on the right side of it, three tight ones. Uh, we just got to continue to stay with it and uh, just bring this back home.
0: It is the sound of people winding their watch on the way to the electric chair. Uh, you hear from Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs after uh, what happened last night. Um, and you know what? I'll tell you. There's one. I was thinking about this last night and this morning. and Out for a run. And I couldn't get it out of my head. You know who the big winners are in all of this with the Maple Leafs now down three Cobb to the, to the, uh, the Florida Panthers? The big winners in all of this, well, one, the Florida Panthers, certainly. And full marks and full credit to Bill Zito, to Paul Maurice, to all those players, to all those fans, the ones leaving the building last night chanting, we want Florida. Oh, body shot, body shot, water in the basement, as Teddy Alice used to say, body shot. You know who the big winners are right now? Watching this thing. Watching this thing sink, the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins, who are currently in the market for another general manager and might be looking Toronto's direction, are looking quite favorably uh, upon what is happening in this series with the Florida Panthers now leading 3 to nothing. I'm going to tell you something about myself that you're going to find really, really boring. And I'm going to try to bring it into hockey. And I'm going to try to bring it into this series. You know what I'm addicted to? Now, we all have online addictions, things we can't stop watching, things we have to watch over and over and over again, and we will never tire of them. I'm addicted to watching knot videos, people tying knots and people undoing knots. When I was a kid, I was addicted to reading anything I could read and watching anything I could watch about Harry Houdini. I was fascinated, still am, uh, fascinated by Harry Houdini, even went to the, to the point of watching that, that awful Tony Curtis movie about Harry Houdini. Like anything about Harry Houdini, I would gobble up as a kid and I'm still remain fascinated by him and about him to this day. But what I really enjoy watching is people undoing knots. I don't know, it seems, it's so satisfying to me. i watch someone tie up a knot and go, wow, I wonder if I could do that. The answer is, Always know, and then I watch them get undone really quickly and simply and easily, and I'm amazed because you know really uh at my heart, I'm really a child that gets impressed with things like undoing knots because it looks like magic to me, but I look at this Maple Leafs team and I look at the series against the Tampa Bay Lightning where They, you know, expelled the demons and they were gone. You know, the ghosts of the old Maple Leaf Gardens and curses and, uh, you know, (laughs) all kinds of crazy things you'd hear about this team and getting out of the first round. And that was done. And we were curious to see what the Maple Leafs would skate like, play like, be like without the weight of history, without these, you know, 19-year pianos weighing on their backs as they played. And and, 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 And a lot of goodwill was picked up along the way from their fans, from their ownership, to the point where there was you know, a, a lot of speculation about it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the general manager gets a new contract and what the details of the new contract might be. May he uh, you know, usurp some powers from others on player personnel decisions. And this was after the one round. It seemed like that knot was pretty tight. Did it not? Did it not seem like the city of Toronto was once again in love with their Maple Leafs and, oh, we always knew they'd come through. We always knew, ah, those guys, they tease us for long enough. But this isn't like Charlie Brown and Lucy and the football, is it? It's all different now. Well, now that knot has not just been loosened, but it's come undone. The extra day is not going to help. The extra day, I know a lot of people are saying, is doing nothing more than prolonging the agony. There's a lot of reasons why the Maple Leafs find themselves in this situation right now. Listen, there's a lot of reason why the Florida Panthers find themselves in this situation right now. And again, full credit to them, because as this series goes on, think about it. Do they not remind you of the 2012 Los Angeles Kings? who in 2012 upset the Vancouver Canucks, the powerhouse Vancouver Canucks, and what they do in the second round? They swept the St. Louis Blues. En route to their first Stanley Cup. En route to Jonathan Quick cementing himself in that season as the best goaltender in the world, period. Barkov playing the role of Kopitar. Montour playing the role of Doughty. Sam Bennett playing the role of Dustin Brown. Yeah, picking up what I'm putting down here. we got a lot to get to today, including Jody Shelley, including Dallas Akins, and including Ken Danico. A very tough show. And we're going to lead it off with another bruiser, Elliot Friedman, on the other side. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. <laughs> and I do have to say... And it did grow on me, and I woke up this morning chuckling about it as we signed off the podcast last night, me, Elliot, and Amel, around 1 o'clock in the morning, maybe 1.30, I'm not really sure. Elliot decided to call the podcast Panther Meat, and at first I said, nah, and it's kind of grown on me, <laughs> and now I can't say it without chuckling. And they say this country has no poets. Ladies and gentlemen, I present Elliot Friedman <laughs> from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. How are you, Fridge?
1: You're really pushing this King's Panthers narrative, eh? Like, you just won't be stopped.
0: (laughs) Well, hang on a second. Do you not see Bobrovsky as quick and Barkov as Kopitar and Montour as Doughty and Bennett as Brown? You know, work with me on this one a little bit, Fried. Do you want to, like, snuggle up with your little podcast, buddy? Even a tiny little bit? Share some of the pillow? Share some of the covers
1: a little bit, Elliot? They didn't? No. I don't want to do that. And... They didn't trade for Jeff Carter at the deadline. That's the other problem with
0: this here Right. Very good. Um, very good. Um, and uh, I don't know that I'd compare Paul Maurice to Daryl Sutter, but nonetheless, there's only so far you can extend a metaphor. Um, you know, thinking about this again last night after we, uh, we signed off and thinking about this this morning... Um, Pittsburgh Penguins must be pretty happy about this one. And what it does wink at is, you know, the analogy that I was raising before you came on was, you know, a knot that was pretty tight. You know, we all thought, you know, this is going to be it. You know, the, the Dubas extension, first round's done, all the uh, all the stereotypes about the Maple Leafs have been erased. Well, Elliot, they're all back and maybe even more profound than they've been all season long. What has happened? And does this put everything once again back on the table?
1: Yeah, Jeff, I was wondering if, you know, it would be better this morning. and Like, people would go to bed. Like, I, I have a rule. If you go to bed angry, you have to wake up the next day in a better mood. Now, I do confess, I do break that rule from time to time, but it's kind of the goal of what I want. And so I was thinking, would people go to bed angry last night and would they feel better today? And the answer is a resounding no. Like, like people are furious and, you know, I, I, I don't th- like, I honestly, as I said on the pod, I didn't think there was a scenario where we'd be in this position nine days after they knocked out Tampa. Like, I just thought the goodwill would be there. And even if they lost to Florida and I assumed if they lost to Florida, they put up a real fight. It would be a tough six, seven game series. I, I think I, I thought a lot of people would have said, okay, we we got the fight. And, you know, now we're not... They're down 3-0. Their best players had a really, really collective rough night. And, and here we are. And, you know, I was asking some people, you know, like just about why they feel the way they do. And, you know, I, I think it has a lot to do with what's happening in Edmonton. And that is when the Oilers lose, McDavid and Dreisaitl are still their best players. Like, the and... I think that is what I, I think that is where a lot of this is coming from. It's that um whether you win or lose, you have to go down with your best being your best, and I think that's the thing that makes people crazy right now i like honestly, Jeff, like there's two days off before game four. We'll see what happens in game four, but i I think what you're going to see is a lot of people, and I'm talking about the people who really matter here, the people who make the decisions, I think they're going to have a couple yeah. of days to collect their thoughts and think, okay, because I don't think they expected to be in this position either, and and answer, what does this all mean, and where are we going to go from here? Because I don't think anybody believed we'd be in this position.
0: It is, it is really bizarre, and, and now I think we're wondering – you know, Game 4 is on the horizon, we, and, and yeah. everybody has to wait until Wednesday, and you know what, you know, the, the ball of negativity gets rolling, and it got rolling last Ow. night, it's carried into today, and there's an extra day for that ball to continue to uh, to gather here. Uh, what things are going to be like come Wednesday, and what the conversation is going to be going into Wednesday, and, you know, one of the things that you mentioned on the podcast last night that I was thinking about this morning a lot is, if you're Sheldon Keefe, what do you do? What do you do with your lineup? What are you doing with your roster? Like, all you're concerned about right now, if you're Sheldon Keefe, is you have to win your game because your neck is out. Every single game for the remainder of the series, your neck is out, and it all begins on Wednesday. Do you share that same curiosity or even more of a curiosity than last night when we signed off on the podcast that Sheldon Keefe is – his decision's here – are going to be really interesting to follow and really interesting to watch.
1: Well, my way of looking at things, Jeff, throughout life is, like, most of the time, I I really try to be a team player and say, okay, like, what's the best decision for the group, and I'm going to go with it. But if I've ever thought my career was really being affected by something, or if I I thought that, you know, maybe my, uh, my employment was in trouble, I always said, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down my way, okay? Like, I'm not going to have any regrets that I let somebody else make the decisions that affected my career. So if I'm Sheldon Keith and I'm thinking I'm in trouble here, okay, I'm going down on Wednesday night with the 18 players that I feel give me the best chance to win, and I'm putting them in whatever position I think is right. That's always kind of like, you've heard me say this a billion times. I'll never judge anyone uh, without, without looking at the way I judge myself. That's the only way I do it. And if I was in a situation where I really thought my employment was in trouble, I would say I'm going down my way. And so now generally I think that that's what you should do anyway. But, you know, there's always politics. There's always, hey, what are we thinking organizationally? And sometimes there's organizational decisions about where we go. If I'm key on Wednesday, I'm saying, you know what, this is my call, and it's and, I, and I'm doing it the way yeah. I think is best. Uh,
0: we'll probably be doing more on this probably uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, so you, th- th- you think we'll be talking about? Now, but you, you think we'll
1: that. be talking more about the yeah. lease before Wednesday night? You think that's possible? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, just just a, just a little bit. Yeah, just, how lo- how long have you shared oxygen with uh, with everybody else in Toronto, Elliot? You know, all that anyone's going to be talking about is is this Maple Leafs team, and there's about what three and a half, maybe four million general managers uh, in the GTA who all have the solutions as well. Um, okay, one thing. Let's focus on a positive here. I want to get get back to the uh, the playoffs in a second, um, but it's draft lottery night, and you know I'm I'm thinking about one team specifically who missed out on a franchise player um, in a lottery, and that is the Anaheim Ducks, who have a 25.5% chance of winning this thing uh, Mm -hmm. tonight. You'll remember in 2005 it came down to the Anaheim Ducks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, The Penguins ended up winning the lottery, and they got Sidney Crosby, and it helped save the franchise, and here come more cups, and here come more trophies, and here come more full buildings, and oh, look, here comes a new building, and History, history, Mount Rushmore of hockey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm thinking a lot about the Anaheim Ducks here who missed out on, on, on 2005. Now, I know you you can't. You, all you can do is try to maximize you know, your, your lottery odds, and, and I get it. But I, I thought one of the, the points that you made on the weekend was an interesting one as much as we focus on the day that gary bettman comes out and presents the cup is the uh, the uh, the key day the crescendo the zenith of the hockey season maybe the most important day to getting there is draft lottery night no your question. thoughts on tonight and your thoughts on what this thing has become and more so can the nhl do more with this like this has now become such a tentpole event what else can they do to make this even bigger? You know my answer, but what can they do to make this thing even larger than it is? Considering it seems as if quote unquote generational type players or, you know, uh franchise impacting players are coming along more so every season than not.
1: Well, first of all, I i agree. I know where you're going and I agree with you. I think, I think the team should have representatives there in person. I don't like that. They're not there. I, I think it's, like, and, you know, we had this debate on the pod and you went into a rant and I thought it was a really good rant and very legitimate. Um, like, the team should be there. It, you know, like, the the, the reaction is, is, is part of the show. And, okay, maybe you may not want to be there yourself, but you can have a representative there. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, like, make it fun. I'm with you, Jeff. I, I, I feel that like they everyone should be represented there and it should be part of the show. But there's no question in my mind that this is the biggest night on the NHL calendar aside from the night the Stanley Cup gets awarded. Because this alters destinies. This is well, it's 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 like Thanos getting the last of the uh jewels, right? <laughs> Like, yes. like the, <laughs> and reference. Hopefully, in a, in a more positive way. Or like we're not. Yeah, you know, or, it's, or or it's, yeah. or is
0: or is this is this kind of like what we just saw over the weekend with uh, with with Prince Charles? Is this is this a coronation for some team? Will there be a a crown placed on Conor Bedard and a purple robe comes out? And <laughs> is is, is that what not, we're talking I'm not about a, here?
1: I'm not a big coronation guy, so I didn't really watch any of it. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, but like it's, uh, it, but like it's something like that. Like it alters, it alters franchises, good and bad. Like you take a look at yeah. the teams that have won and what it's done for them, and you take a look at the teams that have dropped, and what it's done for them. And uh, like mm-hmm. we're gonna get big numbers tonight, and and it's a night of hope. Like like I, like I have people texting me today. Like yeah. who do you think's gonna win the lottery? I don't know who's going to win the lottery. It's a lottery. Like nobody knows who's going to win this thing. <laughs> and and my one of my buddies from Vancouver is like, here are the 6 reasons that we're going to win the lottery right now. And I said to him, this is like the I like good on you for spending time on this, but this is like the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've ever read. Like there's there's I mean nobody yeah. knows, but it's a night of hope and D- someone yeah. is going to be like there's a franchise tonight that's going to be changed in a positive way, and that's a lot.
0: Like that's a, like you can feel the energy, Jeff. So he, he, here becomes the question then: Anaheim and Columbus. Yeah. Do you think they're holding off with their coaching hires specifically until this night is done?
1: I, I I think you have to. I I don't think you can. I, I don't. Well, first of all, I I think there's still got uh, people who are in the playoffs that you don't have the ability to talk to really yet. Sure. But I don't I I don't see how you can hire a coach before the lottery. I I just don't see how you can do it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll uh, we'll stay tuned for that. And uh, I, again, eyes on, for me, the Anaheim Ducks here who lost out on Crosby. Uh, this wouldn't be a bad consolation prize uh, no, going back to 2005. You mentioned the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I want to ask you about them, and I want to ask you about one player, and his name is not Leon. His name is not Connor. His name is Evan Bouchard. Um, yeah. We haven't seen shooting threats from the point like this. Um, Since Sheldon Surrey, some might say Chris Pronger. I'd accept that as well. From the edmonton Oilers, um and now there's there's evan bouchard and as much as we talk about Drysdale and what he's doing and anytime eight games into the playoffs you know you're mentioned alongside yari curry and and reggie leach it's a good day um yeah. but do you have a thought here on 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 what evan bouchard is doing we talk about you know moments where players plant the flag and you know playoffs make heroes and all those things and playoffs make reputations um is this the legitimate, big-time, coming-out party for Evan Bouchard, cementing, cementing his place, like rock-hardening around him and his spot with the Edmonton Oilers, specifically on that power play?
1: I think so. I, I, it's it's hard to doubt it. I mean, there isn't, like, the, the one thing is, like, there's not a long, I don't know if resume is the right word, like he hasn't had multiple years of doing this, but you see it. You, yeah. know, you know, one of the things about the Tyson-Berry trade, is that not only did they have to do it to make the salaries work, but I think internally in Edmonton, they felt that Bouchard was never going to take the step unless he was given the opportunity that Barry had. So I I think that was part of the rationale for making the deal, too. Like There there were people who were pushing for Bouchard to get the chance, and I think the Oilers knew that Bouchard was going to be very unhappy at the end of this year if he didn't get the chance. Mm -hmm. So they made the gamble, and You know, to his credit, Bouchard is paying off for them offensively. I think the other thing, too, is, Jeff, I I think his defense has improved. Like, he's never going to be like 1980s Rod Langway, but I've seen improvement. Like, last year, (laughs) you used to see him, you know, last year, you used to see him get thrown off the puck here and there. I think he battles a lot more, and I think he's much better at, I uh, Just especially against the rush, like one of the teams was telling me that his numbers like defending the blue line have really improved. And I think that's all you can ask for. Like maybe you're never going to be the best defense, defensive defenseman, but, but if you're going to play top mm-hmm. line minutes, you have to compete. And his competitive level has really improved.
0: Uh, okay, so we're going to stay tuned for this one. Um, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Elliot, is, you know you were there to document, you know, really had their way with the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. Uh, I think it'll be a different game today. Uh, although who knows? Like if I told you Leon Draisaitl was going to go off for five and and raise his ungodly shooting percentage oh, you know, up five points, I don't think we I don't think we'd blink at it. We'd say, well, it's no. Leon, and that's what he does. Uh, this yep. one, uh, eight thirty on CBC and Sportsnet, eight thirty Eastern. It is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Meanwhile, um, the Seattle game last night against the Dallas Stars. Now, full marks to the Seattle Kraken, and again. Depth of scoring. They now have 16 goal scorers in these playoffs. That is remarkable. Um, This team is is writing quite a story uh, in the postseason in year two of their existence. Um, but I can't help but think, Elliot, and as much as uh, as much as Jake Ottinger will want, you know, the Carson Soucy goal back, and he'll want the Matty Beneers goal back uh, as well, as much as there are a couple that really weren't Jake Ottinger goals, I mean, he surrendered five and eight shots. I can't help but thinking, again, full respect to Seattle for getting it done. I can't help but thinking... Miro Haskinen out of that game on the Eberle goal. He gets hit in the face with a puck, and Eberle scores. Haskinen leaves. He doesn't return. I can't yeah. help but think that was, as much as it wasn't an Ottinger-style performance, the main reason why you know Dallas kind of fell apart here, specifically defensively, has to be the fact that Haskinen wasn't in there, which underscores just how important this guy is to that team. Agree, disagree. Oh,
1: I, I agree. I, I think he's a hell of a player and it was a big loss. But I think that happens in the playoffs sometimes. You lose guys for stretches of games and you better be able to overcome it. Like, uh, like I, I understand that Hayeskin's a huge loss, but it's not an excuse for that. And I think Seattle deserves yeah. the credit for taking advantage of it. Like, Jorgia have had a really good year for Colorado. quietly a very good year. And Seattle undressed yep. him. And now they're taking Ottinger, who's like the next Gary Price, like you've anointed him, and they're undressing him a little bit here too. Like, Ottinger's got to get going. He really has to get going. Like, he's out of runway now. And uh, I-, I, just think that, uh, I-, I just think that Seattle, we're at, they're at a point now where they deserve credit for their speed, their improvement, their balance of offense, as you said. And they seem to have really good plans of attack to uh, go after very good goalies.
0: Who who impresses you most on that Seattle team? Uh,
1: you know, I, I was really impressed with Veneers last night because they lit him up in game two. Like they went after him hard and he did a really nice job. I, I was yeah. really proud of him. Um, you know, I gotta say, I I, I really like um, I like Susie even before before he scored last night. I really like the way he plays. Yeah. I like Larson a lot too. I seem to be picking a type here. But offensively, like I've always, <laughs> I, like, I, I I've always loved Yanni Gord. I've always loved Yanni Gord. But you know who I'm really happy for? I know I'm not giving you a great answer here, but you know who I'm really happy for is Everly.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree, and he scored the first I, I goal think Beniers, yesterday.
1: And he, I he, think Berniers is the most impressive guy, but I'm really happy for Everly.
0: See, I would throw Vince Dunn into that conversation too. Yeah, he's as very far good as far yeah, you know, as he a productive good, player. Yes. You know what? And, and and when he went at Jamie Ben last night when Ben grabbed his stick and tried to drag yep. it into the into the uh, into the Dallas bench, like the one thing about Vince Dunn is you know, we focus on the skating and the production and, and he is all of those things. But he's not shy either not Backing like down, like he's not known for being physical, fiz- yeah, but he's that, that guy's not backing down. I, I got a lot yeah. of time for Vince done anyway. Um, what a job by the Seattle Kraken last night! Just a couple of minutes left here. I want to go over um Carolina and New Jersey with you. And um, it is rare that you see this many shorthanded goals scored in a game, it is rare when you see one team score that many shorthanded goals and still lose, um, Badly. but coming out of it <laughs> badly too, yeah, 8 4 is the final. Uh, coming out of it was this not the Hughes brothers' story writ large?
1: Yes, it was. And I think that's another example of like talking about your top players setting a tone. Like Jack Hughes, I I, I love that kid. I-, I really love him. Like he is, you know. You know, like it- it's funny. Like we people talk about this generation of of kids, and like they they like they're like they're so over they're, they're so confident bordering on arrogance, if not outright arrogance right and yeah. like i 'll take that on my team any day. any day like that kid um, he's confident like you remember like you you and I laugh at this when at the in Vegas or it was in Chicago a couple of years ago it was Chicago when we were doing the, the, the NHL media tour and we were yeah. doing our podcast, and he walked right into the room, and he sat down. And he just started talking, and we were like, oh, yeah. "Wow!" Like, like who is this kid? Oh yeah. And but like the yeah, thing is, tough. like in the, in the playoffs right now, like he's he's at the forefront. Right? He's leading that team. Like that kid, that kid could play for me any day, any day. He is. Yeah. He is really something special, and I I think that. Like you know, he's not obviously the captain of the team or anything like that. But if you were to tell me that Jack Hughes was the emotional leader of that team after these playoffs, I would believe it because he is the engine that makes them go.
0: And it looks like a real smart move going 11 and 7 if you're Lindy Ruff on this one. And I
1: wonder. I wonder if weekends. there's any. Sorry. Go ahead, Bud.
0: No, I'm I, no, I just going to say like he 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 looks brilliant. And because and you yep. saw it and it was the Damon Severson goal. Like that that's that's going to go down as within the Hughes family as an historical because because both Jack and Luke got the assists on that goal and mm-hmm. like that is like, you're the, the huge fan. Say nothing about Jack and Luke, and man, we've seen brothers, you know, excited about each other. Uh, you know, we saw Brady last year in the playoffs all buckled in Calgary watching his brother play and cheering him on. But yeah. watching Jack cheering on his brother and supporting his, his younger brother, Luke, really is a special thing. And that yeah. Severson goal, I, I, on that goal, Frege, I give that one to Lindy Ruff, who went 11-7 and and brought Luke Hughes in. Yeah, it was a gutsy move.
1: I'll tell you what I was going to say, Jeff, is, I'm wondering if there's a chance we see Blackwood here.
0: Really, eh? Uh, I I wonder. Why is that? Uh, someone said to me, just don't,
1: don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. I mean, a it's l- risky.
0: A little louder. Uh, a little, little louder for the people in the back, Elliot. Yeah? A little louder for the people in the back, so we can create something on the internet today. <laughs>
1: uh, someone McKenzie just Blackwood. said, don't be. Don't be surprised if you see right. Blackwood. So I don't know. Okay, I mean, we we will, we'll see.
0: Uh, we'll uh, see. We will, uh, I don't stand know. Stand by for that,
1: and we... It's it's like I'm not I'm not crazy about putting people in who haven't played in a long time at this time of year. Um, but yeah. someone just said to me, "Don't be sorry. And you know, Carolina's going to be a lot better. They're not going to cough up a hairball like well, they did uh, yesterday.
0: Here's the thing. If you're Lindy Ruff, you're saying, okay, we just scored eight goals against the Carolina Hurricanes. That's not happening again. So we need to, we need to construct our roster accordingly because we're not putting up an eight spot against the Carolina Hurricanes again. That's just, that's just not going to happen. Um, okay, so we will, uh, we will pause, and we will uh, stay tuned for draft lottery tonight, and we'll stay tuned for the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights on the Magic Eyeball. Thanks as always, Rich. All right.
1: Take care, Jeff. Have a great day.
0: There he is. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. Uh, coming up in Hour 2, Dallas Aikens. Uh, we'll stop by. Panelist now, Hockey Night in Canada, former NHL coach. Um, we should probably talk about the Anaheim Ducks in advance of uh, tonight's lottery as well, but we'll talk plenty about the Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers series. But joining me next, he is Jody Shelley, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets analyst, also Jody Shelley from the NHL on TNT. Nice watching him you know, share the between the benches with Louis DeBrusse the other day. Who do you like in that fight, by the way? Uh, between the benches for the Oilers and the Golden Knights and uh, we'll talk about that uh, with Jody Shelley in a couple of moments also his Halifax Mooseheads in the, uh, in the final in the queue uh, against Patrick Waz Quebec Ramparts. so interesting sidebar there Jody Shelley with us in uh, moments as the Merrick Show continues across the Sportsnet Radio Network simulcast on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet Now back in a moment